looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Welcome to Make It Clear. I am so glad that you could be with us today. For those of you that are with us often, you'll know that our program is really a life application Bible teaching where you can really take God's Word and put it right into your life right now. But then there are times that I take a break from that because I want you to meet people whom the Lord has really built into their lives, transformed their lives, and are now using their lives for bringing glory to the Lord. And we've had some outstanding guests, and we have another one for you today, so you're going to be glad that you're with us. Again, my name is Stan Ponger with Make It Clear, and glad to have you. Let me tell you a little little bit about how I met Brad and how I got a chance to know him. Our ministry is called Make It Clear Ministries. This is only one part of it. This is our media broadcast, podcast, Ask Alexa, radio, all of that. We also have another ministry, and it's called Make It Clear Studio. That's where we do special types of film projects and television projects and all of that. And so we've just finished filming a very provocative one, ripped right out of the headlines, called Traffic. It's dealing with human trafficking. And one of the key stars in that special film project is Brad Stein. Now, that name might automatically right now hit you, and you'll think, I know Brad Stein. He's a comedian. Traffic is not something we joke about. How did they put the two together? Is because Brad is far more than just a comedian. Oh, he's outstanding. He's top in his class for Christian comedy. But at the same time, inside his chest beats a heart of someone who wants to use his talent that God has given to him broadly. And one of those would be in serious work as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Now, if you'd like to, Brad is one who's been involved in comedy for a long time. And he has an unusual comedy where it's conservative Christian but also edgy at the same time, as some people like to say. He has been on all sorts of television programs, a lot of talk shows that wanted to know more about his story. You're getting a chance to see it firsthand. This is the closest one right now to you, and I'm glad that you're here. He's been on Fox and Friends. He's been on CNN. He's been on Huckabee. I, he, he's the greatest has-been I've ever known. You know what I mean? He's been everywhere. And so enough about me. Let's start talking to Brad and welcome him here right now to make it clear. Brad, thank you for being with us. I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather be. Well, a hammock. A hammock would be nice. But other than that, I want to be right here. Or maybe, you know, getting my feet rubbed. I'd like that. But other than those two things, I'm glad to be here with you right now. Absolutely. And we're glad that you're here as well. So Brad has been doing a lot of comedy. He's in various comedy clubs. He's also available to do various projects and events and other things that he himself is doing. But as we talk about comedy, we know again that there is a backstory to his life. And that backstory is really God's story in his life, preparing him for what he's even doing today, which is being prepared for what he'll do tomorrow. So back to you, Brad. Tell me a little bit about How did you, first of all, come to know Christ as your Savior? You know, there is that once I was lost, but now I'm found kind of thing. Tell us about that part of your life. Would you do that? Sure. Well, I grew up, uh, I was born in a little town in Indiana, Bremen, Indiana, and uh, uh, parents took us to church. Uh, They were going through their own uh, uh, struggles in their life. They eventually got divorced uh, and so forth, but... uh, I kind of grew up around Christianity and uh, my grandparents uh, were Christians and, uh, you know, most of uh, the, the, the relationships that I had in my family 
you know, had a Christian background. So we moved to California when I was young from Indiana and uh, uh, at nine years old uh, in a Presbyterian church in Orange, California uh, at a, uh, at uh, the uh, Sunday school. Uh, they asked if uh, anyone would like to accept uh, Jesus as the Lord and Savior, and I raised my hand. Mm-hmm. And so I became a, a Christian, born again at nine oh. years old. So, um, you know, it's always been part of my life. Uh, you know, it's interesting when you look back on your life. And one of the beautiful things about getting older is you have perspective. You have a chance to look at journeys and things that happen, good and bad, and evaluate them. And, you know, one of the things that I guess is interesting to me and shocks me about my own life <laughs> is that God had a plan. My mom used to always tell me that uh, when she got pregnant, she told God if he would give her a son, she promised to dedicate his life to his service. Now, she didn't ask me. <laughs> so uh, I was kind of thrown into uh, to, uh, a ministry without even asking my permission. Uh, but one thing I found out about God is that, you know, we can tell those stories and see them as sort of uh, gratuitous sort of spiritual stories and didn't you have that grandmother that prayed you get saved or whatever but the truth is it's true uh if you dedicate your uh life, son's life to god god takes you serious and uh he doesn't let you out of your vow it's what happens to you uh irrespective of uh what you thought was your plan and your uh autonomy so uh, I, I believe that I was called uh, to a deeper uh, purpose uh, than uh, I realized for a long time. Uh, like anybody that becomes a Christ follower, you know, you have a ministry, right? You have a, a purpose as to growing in your faith, but also telling that story to the people that you have influence with. But there are those who are called to very specific uh, um, specific challenge a specific calling that you couldn't have anticipated and uh mine was you know essentially the arts uh a, a performing artist because god has always made me gifted at communicating that's really my gift i used to think it was comedy but that was he taught me was just the flavor uh that it comes in but what i'm really called to is communicate uh deep ideas and laymanize them for the average person. Make it clear, so to speak. So they yeah, and so and doing it through comedy is a unique way to do it. Doing it through film, like you said, as an actor, um, a trained actor, SAG uh, actor, uh, learned in Hollywood. Uh, I uh, uh, have six comedy albums out. Uh, I've got a book coming out next month called Being a Christian Without Being an Idiot. Uh, I've got uh, lots of, of, I've done documentaries. So, what ended up happening was a realization over time. My life wasn't mine. My gifting wasn't mine. It was simply literally a gift as God said it was. Uh, you didn't earn it. I gave it to you. I'm, I need you to use it for something I have uh, in store for you. In America, uh, I've been called to be a missionary to America and a prophet to the church in America in this season, literally saying hard truths that aren't being said by pastors or many pastors, not all, uh, or some churches. Uh, and I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know the season that was going to unfold in America. I didn't know that leftism, uh, communism, atheism was going to become uh, a more powerful force uh, politically. 
uh, and would uh, take the beautiful Judeo-Christian ethic that was foundation of this nation and turn it on, on its head and try to make it illegal. I didn't know uh, that it would be difficult uh, and that I could take a, a, a public forum uh, that allows us to uh, have access to uh, Facebooks and Googles and things that has become the means of uh, disseminating information. I didn't know that being a Christian and conservative, I was going to get censored like they do in totalitarian regimes. I didn't know <laughs> what was coming to America. Uh, and yet that's what God said. I, I, I need to use your voice in the future because my people are going to have to renew their minds as to the form that I'm going to take to tell my story. And it's going to be different than what they're used to than the traditional routes, theologians necessarily, apologists, uh, 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 pastors, and so forth. Not that they're not still used, but God also is going to have to find some unorthodox means uh, to tell his story. And so that ultimately from that little prayer at nine years old has become uh uh, what I thought was simply a career as a comic uh, to a ministry, literally God's comic ministries, to tell God's story unapologetically and to fight in a battle uh, for the soul of my faith and for the soul of a country that I was born in that I'm responsible for, the United States. So that's really the big picture of something that happened when I was a little guy. It's exciting because it's true. You do have a clarion call once you've accepted Christ as your Savior by placing your faith in Christ, which you have done. And now that you've done that, God has a purpose for your life. And everybody that's a Christian is somebody in his body, Christ's body. And so God has equipped you. He, so to speak, shaped you to do what you're doing today, but you're not off your mark. You're not off your message. And your message is still captivating the minds and the hearts of the people to then listen to truth. And sometimes that's delivered with comedy. Sometimes it's delivered poignantly with something that'll really tug at their heart. Sometimes it's almost a verbal loving slap in the face with some of the edgy things that you need to do, but all with the same purpose, to bring glory and honor to the Lord, have people listen to the message and make a life change, either trust Christ as Savior by faith alone, or then for those who have, to realize that they need to wake up. We are living in a very, very fragile time that needs Christ, and you've done that. But it is not the normal. We don't have everybody growing up and becoming, you know, comedians. And that's, I'm using that venture because that's really what you're doing most, but that's not all you are. So I don't want that to only define you. But how did you get into comedy, though? I mean, you know, that's a big deal. Were you kind of a, uh, a guy in high school that was always making everybody laugh by doing pratfalls or what? How, how in the world did you ever get involved in comedy? And then how did that step into that Christian comedy? Yeah, well, uh... I was not the class clown. I probably was voted like most annoying. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I always was kind of sarcastic and always kind of sardonic. And uh, that eventually uh, translated into uh, a, a, a certain element of, of the style of my, that my stand-up comedy became. But I did not know I was going to be a comedian. I did not have any aspirations to be a stand-up comic. I did not have any uh, uh, thoughts about that. I knew I was going to be in the entertainment business. My father was uh, in local theater and had a, a little band of his own. It was all small scale, but I was around people in my family, even in this small town in Indiana, that uh, like singing and, and acting and certain things. So it was uncomfortable in that arena. Yeah, it was, it wasn't unusual or in any way foreign to me. Uh, and I just, 
loved acting from the time I was a young kid. I just liked performing. I liked being in front of people. Uh, I never thought anything of it differently but like when you're a little when you're a kid and you're in school and they say hey we're going to have an oral exam and everybody's like oh no no not the order and I'm like when I can't wait <laughs> I just love doing that so that's a gift you know, God just made me uh, able and interested in being in front of people and performing so acting was something I always thought I would probably do I didn't know how but interestingly enough uh my career in the performing arts started as a magician I learned to be a, a close-up sleight of hand uh illusionist uh in my teens uh as a hobby really and found out that it could be a livelihood and so I worked in Southern California in private magic clubs like magic castle type places mm -hmm. and uh, uh restaurants and so forth performing close-up magic uh, close-up magic just means cards and coins and things that are done at a small scale like, people in like david blaine does. I mean, people have seen david blaine they know his name and and they call it uh street magic but essentially that's what it was it was just stuff that you could pick up a you know a spoon or a coin and do some magic so that's really what started me in the business well when you're performing in front of a small group and you're doing card tricks or whatever you have to say something you have to have some sort of narrative that goes with the trick and mine just came out naturally uh funny i just you know i was just comedic and that, and so i had sort of this comedy magic uh style well that led me to realize that i wasn't gonna make any money doing close-up magic i needed a a stage show, something that was larger, uh, that would allow me more venues because I thought, well, if I did a comedy magic show, I could go into comedy clubs, which were very popular and really started blowing up in the late seventies and, and then moved on huge for the eighties and then part of the nineties. And so I realized, well, if I had a comedy magic show, I could go into comedy clubs and that would give me more access to more income. So it was all about just making a living for me. Well, once I started getting into comedy, clubs and watching comedians uh the more i found comedy more intriguing to me uh um artistically magic uh, sleight of hand is fun uh there's people that are brilliant at it uh some of it is incredibly difficult to do it's like juggling or whatever but it is something you can be taught it's like a a, a, a an instrument People that can do card uh, illusions or, or gambling type of movements that are very difficult and take hundreds and hundreds of hours of practice, like a violin or a guitar or a piano. But the truth is, anybody can learn that. They can learn the technique. Some will be better than others, but anybody can talk that. You can't teach anybody to be a stand-up comic. It's You either can do that or you can't because it's a unique and, and maybe the most feared of all the performance arts that you talk to a professional uh, musician or whatever, most of them, and I've known a lot of them would say, I couldn't imagine, couldn't even imagine doing stand-up comedy. It just scares people. It's like death. you have to have a feel for the audience. You have to have a feel for timing. It's like you are uh, fixing the plane while it's still flying, although you do have a basic set on that. Let's pause for a moment and, and welcome our guests that have just tuned in right now. You're listening to Make It Clear. My name is Stan Pons and I'm your host, but the real person we'd like you to meet is a guy that's really been involved in comedy and acting for a long time. His name is Brad Stein. 
And I'd really like you to hear God's story in his life and those of you that know him because he's been on a lot of different television programs, interviews, etc. He's been in movies, TV, etc. But there's also a backstory, and he's telling us the backstory of how he got involved in all of this and then how the Lord is using that to transform lives. So that segues me into the next question for you, Brad, if you don't mind. I know that you could say I've done comedy and I like to see people laugh, especially if they had a bad day, a bad week or whatever. But I know you're a lot more than just entertaining people. You want to, here's my word, edutain them. You want to educate them and entertain them at the same time because you know that's going to change their lives. Can you maybe share a story or a situation or event that by you using that ability that God has given to you and that venue to communicate message, how it's affected someone else for the better, how it might even transform their lives? Could you share a story or an illustration of something like that? Well, there's a lot. Uh, out there, I guess, to try to think about. I don't sit there and try to categorize all those things. I've certainly heard people say that, you know, my uncle, my father, they wouldn't go to church or they weren't interested. And then they started watching your comedy and it brought them to think about God. And so that's always rewarding because that's what I wanted to happen. But you don't know if it's happening. You're hoping it is. But until somebody tells you, you know, you don't. But just to give you one example, uh, I was working in a comedy club because I started out in clubs. I, I worked in comedy clubs as a Christian, didn't curse and do sexual jokes or anything like that, which is all you see nowadays. So I believe that creativity was funnier than crude. And I wanted to go into the marketplace and I'm actually going back in. I'm, I'm going to start doing some clubs again and encourage Christians to come out to comedy clubs. And yep, there's liquor there. Uh, hey, so what? It's like a mission field. Go there and show that people will show up at comedy clubs and, and support. Christian. There's liquors in grocery stores, too. They go in that. But you, know, know, you don't have to drink. You don't have to buy it. Brother, you don't have to tell me. Unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, my people out there who, who who get really legalistic about that. But, you know, I'm just saying, come on out and support it. You can go to my website to see where those places are. I'm going to be in Oklahoma and Arkansas and Dallas coming up. But anyways, um, I... I was in a club and a guy asked if he could do what they call a guest set, which means they're just doing a, a free show basically for the owner to see if he likes him. So maybe they can work there. So um, he asked me, it's just decorum. You ask the headliner. That's what I would be. Is it okay if I, cause they're taking time. I said, of course. And he said, Oh, by the way, do you know so-and-so? And, he, you know, they mentioned a guy. Well, years ago, I was working in a comedy club, and uh, there was a comic there that was very dirty, actually. It was pretty filthy, which is not uncommon for comedy. But I was clean, and he he would ask me, and then we would we lived in a condo together for the week. That's oftentimes how it worked. They, the, the club had a condo that the comedians would cohabitate and we get talking about things i talk about being a christian and whatever and he says well how can you be a christian and be in a nightclub you know and how can you be in a christian and, be in a, and, and i just remember the way he asked me this wasn't just sort of befuddled by this i almost felt like he had reckoned with his own faith throughout life or maybe he had grown up with that i don't know but it, something made me feel like it was more than just a uh, a pragmatic question that he was almost searching for some answers. And so I did my entire show that whole week. I showed that you can be clean and be funny, that you could, don't have to compromise your faith to be who you are in a nightclub where people are raunchy or can be. Anyways, it was years later that I'm at this other club and this, this guy doing the guest spot said, Hey, do you remember so-and-so? And I go, Oh, of course. Yeah, I do. That was many years ago. I haven't seen him. Whatever happened to him. He goes, well, I told him you were here, you were headlining. Uh, 
And he said he wanted me to tell you uh, that he's sorry for how hard he was on you last time you guys were together, and that he's a Christian now, and he's doing Christian comedy. Amazing. So, so I was like, really? And he, and I don't think he'd mind if I told his name was Thor Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Thor ended up being the host of, uh, of uh, uh, what was it, Bananas Comedy, mm-hmm. uh, which was a Christian comedy series and whatever. And now he's a pastor uh, uh, in California. So a great guy, a funny guy, but clearly was going through something in his life. And we met in a comedy club and he, him being the antithesis of Christian. But because I was there where the darkness was, you know, it's interesting to me. If somebody were told, hey, we want you to go to a tribe in, in Nigeria, uh, and the women there are naked, by the way, uh, and they drink uh, and they have hallucinogenic mushrooms that they eat and everything, but we need you to bring Jesus. Nobody would bat an eye. Exactly right. And bat an eye. Oh, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do. But if I asked you, can you go into a comedy club in your own, in your own country? where there might be some curse words or there might be some liquor or whatever, uh, in order to show that we can redeem the culture by supporting something we believe in and fill in that space that would have normally been a blue comedian with a Christian conservative comedian, would you feel feel it? Nah, no, I'd hate for somebody to see me walk into that place. And so the, the myopic view, the cowardly, uh, um, the embarrassingly weak uh, uh, state of affairs of so many Christians in America that be, that are so about this sort of legalistic appearance as opposed to changing the culture. Let me tell you something, brother. I'm not called to bring believer, uh, non-believers to Christ, even though that's what we always think is our calling, to get the non-safe saved. And of course, some have, and I'm grateful for that. My call is to the church to tell them you're not in and God is weeding out the, 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 we, the wheat and the chaff. He's weeding out the lambs and the goats. He's weeding out the posers in America because hell is here. It is real as it's going to get. We have seen our persecuted brothers and, I, and sisters. I've been praying for them for years. What's our turn? Mm-hmm. And it's always part of the Christian experience that we have, uh, oppressing that takes place to weed out those who talk about what they believe. But the moment that there's some difficulties, some pushback, they begin to compromise. We even have complete denominations that are heretics. Now, this is what's happening in America. So my calling is to the believing or the church attender to say, listen, here's what God expects of you. He expects that you're all in. You're explaining the difference between a professor and a possessor, you know, that there's a lot to profess, but they don't possess. Well, folks, we're just about out of time now, but I want to just one more time thank you so much for being with us. You've been listening to Brad Stein, but Brad, give us your website because I know you have piqued the interest of some of our listeners. So where could they go to find out more about you, what you have to offer, where you're going to be? Give us your website. 
Sure. Well, I appreciate having me on, number one, and we'd be happy to come on anytime to appreciate what you're doing. So my website is bradstein.com. The last name is S-T-I-N-E. It's an odd spelling, like fine wine, S-T-I-N-E, bradstein.com. It will tell you where I'm working. If you want to be a, a comedy club missionary, you can see where some of the clubs I'm going. Now, I still work in churches, of course, and all the other uh, conservative events and work for people that want to do fundraisers. But you can go there, you can get my product. And if you want to invest in my ministry. I'm building a TV show that will be on the internet to really make warriors out of Christians in America. This is really what I've been called to do. It's growing and growing. So bradstein.com will always keep you filled in and uh, I could use the support, your prayers or whatever you think God might have you do for this very unique, one of a kind uh, ministry. But trust me, I need your support because this ain't easy. I'm in the, <laughs> I'm in the, 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 the lion's jaws when it comes to the type you of are. stuff. That I'm Brad, thanks for being with us. And I appreciate you being not only on the show, but also being a serious actor in our film project that's called Traffic. It's being now finished up with all of that before it's released. But Brad, thank you for being with us. Again, if you want to know more about Make It Clear, very simple, go to makeitclear.org. That's makeitclear.org. And you'll hear all about our ministry because it's really been put together to help you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior by faith alone in Him, trusting Him alone, no works to get saved. But then afterwards, we live a life of pleasing, pleasure to the Lord by way to say thank you to him. So if you'd like to know more about it, just go to makeitclear.org. Brad, thank you for being with us. We're going to have you back again. And thank you for helping us out with the studio part of Make It Clear. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Thank you.